discussion that I chose for today is one which is uh, controversial. Uh, generally, people have uh, strong feelings and sentiments one way or the other uh, about it. And even from a Jewish perspective, there seems to be uh, lots of disunity in, in opinion as to um, you know, what's, what's true, what's not, what's, you know, what's sanctioned, what's not, what's correct from a Torah Jewish perspective uh, philosophically and what's not. Okay, so the topic is altruism, and specifically, does it exist or not? And what's the proper attitude that we have to have when doing good? Now, the term altruism means doing something without seeking to have, do something good without seeking to have uh, benefit for yourself. Your assumption is that we have to have a certain attitude when when we do that. Maybe not, maybe not. Like I said, there's lots of disunity. There's, there's, there's disagreements. So, um, in the secular world, this is a very popular topic. Lots of philosophers talk about it. Uh, if you Google, uh, as I did, does uh, altruism exist, you'll get hundreds of scholarly articles. And, uh, and of course, the, the usual uh, Yahoo groups questions. And uh, lots of people have a lot to say in it. And there is vigorous debate on both sides of the issue. Is it possible for a human to do something good to someone else without seeking, without having, having, having any personal benefit from it? So at the beginning of, the, um, uh, of, of your source sheets, I wrote down a few things that people wrote online from like these philosophers and scholars and psychiatrists and you know, humanists and people that know a lot. It's like, um, you know, just different, just different things that people were saying uh, on this argument. Wow. Come in. Hello. Is that for us? Hey. Hey, Trevor, how you doing? I'm happy to see you. We just, we just started the discussion. Grab some food. Here's a short sheet. Grab some food, grab some food. That's fine. No one listens anyhow. That's my mother. Oh, I don't know. Maybe something we'll do. <laughs> it, it's undeniable that people sometimes act in a way that benefits others, but it may seem that they always get something in return. At the very least, the satisfaction of having their desire to help fulfill. This shows you why it's such a complicated issue. Because uh, is it really possible to do something without having anything from it? Uh, even if you have the good feeling that goes with doing something good, that's also something that you get. It's not totally altruistic. Well, that's that's obviously debatable. Um, and but this this gives you this gives you a picture of what kind of thorny issue it is. Uh, because uh, I can see in the uh, the last um, of these sample secular sentiments, altruistic acts are self-interested, if not because they relieve anxiety, then perhaps because they lead to pleasant feelings of pride and satisfaction, the expectation of honor or reciprocation, or the greater likelihood of a place in heaven. And even if neither of the above, then at least because they relieve unpleasant feelings such as the guilt or shame of not having acted at all. So what, he, what, this, what this snippet is, is trying to argue is that it's not possible for you to do something that's totally uh, for the sake of others and not for any personal benefit. Because even if you don't have direct personal benefit, you'll feel good, you'll relieve anxiety, you'll, you, you know, you'll feel special, you feel like you have a place in heaven, etc., etc. 
Um, I just want to throw this out because I, I, I want to demonstrate before we get started to try to see what the Jewish perspective is that even from a secular uh, point of view, this is a uh, hotly debated issue. And like I said, Google it and you'll see. So what do we say? As we know, we're commanded many, many, many times as Jews to do certain acts. We have mitzvot. We try, we're commanded to give charity. We're commanded, we're commanded to be good people and be involved in the community and, and build a family and, and learn Torah and, and lots and lots of things that we're, we're obligated, commanded, encouraged to do. And we, our life is full of trying to um, improve the world. You know, Jews have... Um, exponentially uh, been been those that have, have you know that have been uh, progressive in trying to improve the world, in trying to end poverty, in trying to build communities, and come up with ideas, improve humanity. That's our mission as a people to improve humanity. Would you agree with that, Trevor? Yes, absolutely. So our, our whole life uh, is is geared to doing good. Why are we doing it? What's the motivation behind uh, this this drive that we have to do good? Is it just to do good for the sake of doing good? It's to do good because it makes us feel better. What is uh, the proper attitude that we should have? What do y'all say? I need some responses here. Shalom, what do you say? I think that um, everybody acts based off of some economic uh, you know, interest. What's like Whatever it is, I don't think that only economic. I don't, I don't mean just purely you know, financial situation. No, that uh, I mean I don't, I don't think that altruism exists. I don't. Um, Everyone does it for some purpose. For something, you know, even even the most minute thing, maybe like you know, uh, I'm outing myself as a uh, uh, you know terrible person here, but a good example. Um, there's a, there's a website called Kiva.org. I don't know how many of you know of it. It's yeah, small, le- like lending. Right. right. So, um, you know, a friend of mine you know, emailed me and said, you know, why don't you look into it? Yeah. 25 bucks, right? I have no idea whether it actually really goes to anybody. I have no idea whether it's really helping the person that it goes to. I have no idea, you know, whatever. Um, but... It made me feel a little bit good, so I tossed 25 bucks at it, you know? Um, and, I mean, I've told other people about it. Maybe maybe that just right there, telling other people about it, you know, makes, makes you feel good. Or, I mean, there, that that feeling good is, is already something, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But is that is that is that is that is that a good thing that you feel good about it, or maybe that is a good thing? Maybe it's maybe we're not a, supposed to be altruistic. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. I think that you're allowed to feel good about it. Um, I don't think that you're sinning or anything by by having those feelings. Um, but uh, but to but to believe that somebody can do something without having any feeling about it is ridiculous. Yeah, I think that furthermore there has to be some sort of motiva- motivation for something to occur. I mean, you're not going to... I mean, for instance, would a student do their homework if they had no motivation or incentive to do it? Probably not. Probably not. I mean, let's say somebody... So, has, so well, let's see, that's, that's your point. That's the first rule of economics. People, right, there's trade-offs and there's things you want to do and you wouldn't do something even if it means just expending effort unless you wanted to do it. Let's right. say you're Bill Gates, right? You have, let's billions, say. You have billions of dollars. Let's say. And, you know... Uh, uh, <laughs> There's there's somebody out there in the world and, and you say you tell somebody here, give this dollar to someone, right? 
you're not you're never gonna know like whether whether like, let's say it ends up in somebody's in a poor, in a poor person's pocket. You know, but you're still gonna have some feeling about that dollar. It's still something. Okay, so you know? basically, Sean, what you're trying to argue is not possible to be totally altruistic. To really think that Bill Gates doesn't care about you know even that one dollar? No, for sure he does. He cares about that one dollar when it's placed alongside every other dollar that he has. How do you think he got rich in the first place? Exactly. <laughs> you know, he didn't stop. Oh, I read the book. I know how. I don't think he said, oh, it's one dollar, I don't care about, I have no feelings about it. Does anyone want to... I think our argument within two common, I won't say pigeonholes, but missteps. The first thing, as your utility, monetarily, you can't do that, you can't not read it there. Because especially if you're going to make a case for a categorical altruism that doesn't exist, that's your own binary paradigm, then you can't limit it to money. They're good examples. Well, I mean, think money is the easiest example. It's, yeah, it's definitely it doesn't have to be the, the only example. Right, yeah. right. That's why, that's why you can say that the feeling that you have that, you know, is also measurable. But even if we're going to go so far as to talk about in the context of any opportunity cost, um, or just action, or emotion in general, we're also ignoring the biggest assumption of all the human rational actors. That there is a mechanism by which we make a uniform Decisions. How many of you around the table have just done something because that's what you do? You didn't necessarily question it. You might have at one point, or you might in the future, or you might on a daily basis, but you've done something because that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. Have you all done it? Probably. I get that you If you should, but I mean, look at, take worldly, for instance, I mean, contrary to the one driven by self interest, and one that says, well, you know, charity is. That's just what we do. There's no question about it. And because it's something you feel philosophically, Scripted to do, then it is possible to do it without permission. It is possible to do it without permission. How much do you give? Or, uh, or, you know, those are all considerations considerations of the rational paradigm because you can't measure these things if there's no metric to do it. Okay, so let's let's try to dig into the sources because there's going to be a little bit of a a, a turmoil, a controversy, contrast, a disagreement amongst many classical Jewish sources about this very topic. And why it's such a fascinating topic, and uh, and and there's so many different uh, opinions on either side of the, on either side of the aisle. So uh, what I brought here is uh, six different sources that all seem to say one thing, and that one thing is that when we're commanded to do good, it's okay. Nay, it's encouraged to uh, to, to to try to view it in the prospect of what am I going to get for it. Uh, we'll start with the first one. One who says this coin should be for tzedakah. If someone gets stuck, tzedakah means charity, so that my son should live is fully righteous. Means the person is saying the only reason why I'm giving this charity is so that it should be a merit for my son who's ill and he should get better. So that's a fully righteous. That's totally righteous. That's the right thing to do. If you want to know what what, what it is a uh, what what is the way that a person who's fully righteous gives charity, he does it in such a manner, and he says I'm giving charity. But I want, as a result of the merit of giving charity, that my son should live. Well, this is, a, this is presuming that, let's say, his son dies. Now, all of a sudden, he regrets giving charity? Not necessarily. Not, well, actually, actually, that's actually discussed in the Talmud over there. Um, good question. But it seems like it's only, it, he, has to, he has to want to give charity as well. So that's a good point. So they're saying it's not, it's not, it's not exactly... Um, Sounds actually uh, totally uh, comparable. Take a look at the uh, 
at the next one. This is from Ethics from the Father from Perkeh Vot. Ben Hey Hey, by the way, is that an awesome name? <laughs> what a name for a band, Ben Hey Hey. <laughs> ben Hey Hey said, commensurate to the effort is the reward. Means in exact proportion to how much someone expends effort in doing good, to that degree is the reward that comes. He's equating effort in doing good to reward that you receive as a result of doing that good. Which, which tells us that there is an exact link between doing good and getting, getting get reward for it. And it's okay to think when I'm doing something good that I'm doing it and I'm doing it for a purpose maybe of, of, of getting reward. Make sense? Well, it's, it's, it seems like, it doesn't, doesn't say, doesn't say. And that's, and that, that's a good point because we'll, we'll bring it up later on is that there's, um, there are those that differentiate between reward, you know, in heaven after you're dead and reward of like having, you know, prosperity and health and happiness um, while you're still alive. Yeah? Well, because that's, um, that, Dana, we're not just here for, for, for this world. Right, the, the the one of the basic tenets of, of Judaism is that there's an afterworld, an afterlife. So when you're dead, you're not really dead. Your soul is still alive. Okay, that's and a positive. That's a very good positive. Yeah. And the effort that you expend, that, <laughs> the effort that you expend right now in trying to do good, that is all accrued. Uh, to to your bank account that you could cash out um, after you're dead or the next world, whatever that means. And we have four verses from the Torah. Uh, one in Exodus, you honor your father and mother, you honor your parents. This is from the Ten Commandments. Uh, right? The Ten Commandments. Everyone's familiar with the Ten Commandments. So commandment number four, honor your parents, honor your father and mother, so that you should have long life. So your days will be lengthened. And obviously we're saying that we're putting, once again, a link between act, acting properly, doing a mitzvah, doing what's right, and receiving reward. And the next uh, uh, source number four is um, a much more general one. If you listen to, if you heed the diligence to my commandments and, and uh, you love God and you serve him with all your heart and your soul, so you'll have prosperity and you have rain and the first rain, last rain, you'll have grain, wine, oil, etc. Everything's going to be good. But if you misbehave, you're going to be punished. And this is something which is repeated many, many times in our, in, you know, in our Torah and obviously in our history, where the Jews are so told, behave, you know, be a light to the nation, right? you know, be good and observe the mitzvahs, and it'll be good for you. And how will it be good for you? You'll have prosperity, you'll have happiness, you'll have, you know, you'll have the rains will come, you know, things are going to be good for you. Uh, as opposed to if you misbehave, you don't listen, you don't. You know, you don't heed, uh, take heed for yourself that your heart be, be not deceived. You don't grow, turn away from God, then you'll be punished. And the last two uh, is uh, two, two uh, distinct mitzvot in Deuteronomy. Uh, one where we're commanded to send away the mother bird before we're taking the, before taking the eggs or the, uh, or the, or the chicklings. Uh, and the last one is to have uh, perfect measurements. When you have a measurement in your store that's, that, that weighs a pound that you use to stale out a pound of potatoes... The measurement should be exactly a pound, not 0.99. Because then you're cheating out the customer um, from his from his produce. Yeah? Was it? Yeah. So, um, and, and, and you're told if you do this, you get long life. So we see, uh, I think it's pretty much clear from all these six sources, that the Torah is in favor of, of telling us, do good, 
act accurate, follow, you know, follow the commandments of God, and, you know, embrace your responsibilities, it'll be good for you. You'll receive a reward. Contrast this with the Talmud. Here's where it gets interesting, Shalom. I want you to listen. Rabbi Huda said in the name of Rav, a man shall always engage in Torah and mitzvot, even, so this is, I took liberty in translating it as egotistically, but egotistically as opposed to, I don't know what the right word for unaltruistically. Self-interestly? Lishma. Unaltruistically. Well, I know, but what does that mean in English? Well, what would you say? For one's own sake. So that's what he, yeah. That's a word you also can stumble across when you're getting altruism in general. Self-interest, not being Yeah, but egotistically also. Egotistically. Yeah. But, yeah, but... It has that connotation, though. Yeah. It's like we're talking... Yeah. Really, um, means for the sake of the thing that you're, you're talking about. Um, so you study Torah and, you're, and, and, you, and you do the mitzvot for its own sake, not to receive any reward. And what the Talmud is telling us here in Arachim 16b, uh, I, I, yeah, 16b, is that uh, Rabbi Yehuda said, uh, this is not uh, disagreed upon, everyone agrees with this statement, that a man should even study Torah and engage in mitzvot, even uh, if, if it's done uh, for, at a self-interest. Why? Because through engaging Torah mitzvot with self-interest, eventually he will reach doing it altruistically. What that means is that really you're supposed to do it only altruistically. But the means with which someone becomes altruistic is through doing something with self-interest. So therefore, as a stepping stone from self-interest, this is in, in total opposition with the previous statements. We have a major problem here. Houston, we have a problem, right? There's a major problem here. There's a major disagreement here. On, on one hand, we're told that we're doing, listen, you know, honor your father and mother, What's going to happen? You'll have long days. On the other hand, on the other hand, we're told, we're told, really, you're supposed to do mitzvot and you're supposed to engage in Torah study only altruistically, but do it out of self-interest because eventually that will bring to doing it out of, uh, 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 for altruistic purposes. Everyone here has a problem. I don't know that they're mutually exclusive. Oh, you don't think so? Not at this point. Okay, let's let's look at let's look at ethics of the fathers, uh, chapter one, Mishnah three. And this is the uh, crucial part of the discussion. Antignus, a man of Soko, received from Shimon the righteous. This is delineating the transmission of the Torah. And there's a fellow by the name of Shimon the righteous who lived 23, 2400 years ago, right, three hundred before the Common Era during the time of Alexander the Great, as we know, they had a, a, an interaction. And his student was a fellow by the name of Antignos. So he received the Torah from Shimon the Righteous. And he was fond of saying as follows. He would say, Do not be like servants who serve their master on condition of receiving a prize. Rather, be like servants who, who serve their master, not on condition to receiving a prize. And let the fear of heaven be upon you. So Antigonus is clearly of the opinion that we are not supposed to do good in order or in condition with the intent of receiving a prize. Rather, we're supposed to do it regardless of the price. It means if, if, any, if any good result comes um, 
having a good result come out of what I'm doing is not necessarily uh, crucial for me to do that thing. Is everyone with me? It's not necessarily regardless because it doesn't have to, to say it doesn't have to be on condition. You, know, you could still be. You could still be. <clears throat> Means what you're saying. Good yeah, it means for you. Okay, but it's better. So he's saying it's better. It's. I agree that you're right. At least until we see the next. Um, until we see the next source. Mm-hmm. But still, think about it. Honor your father and mother, because then you'll have a long life. Which seems to indicate that you're supposed to. So you do this. Yeah, you do, and, and that's that's the right attitude. And all the commentaries in this mission go crazy. What's going on? We're told. All over the Torah, all of the sources, I brought six sources, even, there's more. There's many sources that say, do good, right? Listen to God, right? Honor your parents. Why? Do it because you'll have long days. Do it because you'll have prosperity. Love it, you'll have prosperity, and there'll be tons of grass for you and your animals and you know, all of the things. It's, and, and we're told, do X, right? You'll get Y. And the intention with, do, when, with doing X is to have Y, right? Uh, we can read the. the, the uh, Honor your father and mother so that your days will be lengthened upon the land that Hashem your God gives you. A perfect and honest weight shall you have, a perfect and honest measure shall you have, so so that your days shall be lengthened on the land that Hashem your God gives you. Lema'an, lema'an, so that, in order. What's going on? Trevor, help me. Please. I need some help here. I'm in trouble. We got a problem. So you say it's a stopgap? You're saying... No, I like what you're saying. I want you to... I want you to... Well, it's ironic because I was waiting for the table this morning. I was reading a tail party book and the chapter was about people who were thinking about being bitter So, so what you're saying is that there's the ideal. Well, what's the ideal? Well, I guess the ideal would be like you do something. People say, "Oh, thank you so much," or just something like that makes you feel good. So maybe that's what people are expecting. If they don't get that, they're disappointed. I don't think um, altruistic behavior is mutually exclusive from self-interested positive behavior. I can go and do something positive do good by somebody and get a reward for it, either my spiritual convictions and positivity or longevity in life. Um, <clears throat> but I don't think that, as a, as a motivator, it gets me bounded, but I don't think that that stops, like you said, uh, doing well by someone, doing it to someone, just for the sake of it. I think, I think it has to do with what kind of relationship you want to have um, with the person that you're doing the thing for or, or with God. 
So, for example, today, um, I dropped my father off at work. Um, I went to the bank, got a bunch of stuff for my grandmother to put in, like, documents, whatever, all of her legal documents. Went all the way up to the place that we're placing her. Sat there for a few hours, dealt with, you know, all of the legal mumbo-jumbo, all of that stuff. Um, drove even further, picked up a fridge for her room that she's going to. Drove all the way back down. Um, did a bunch of other things for myself, and then I drove up to work to pick that up again. Um, I, I probably spent a solid four and a half hours doing things that were not for me. But if I went to my father and said, listen, Dad, you know, I spent four and a half hours doing all of this stuff for you, right? And what am I getting for it, right? He's going to look at me and be like, like... Dude, how many hours did I spend for you? Right, like, you know, like, you're, like, you're, you're 26, like... Think of all of the things that I've done for you. Think of all of the things that I've given you. Your, your, you know, your entire education, all the food, like everything, you know. Um, and and I think that when when people, um, you know, function without that, um, their relationships automatically become become better. People want to do more for each other, you know. Um, if, uh, if if you turn around to God and say, Hey, look, God, you know, I did X, Y, and Z, and my grass is not as green as it should be, and it's not growing as much as you know I thought it would. Um, you know, your relationship with God is not is not going to be all that great. But if you if you do what Antigonus says and you behave without expecting anything, then when you do receive that good, you're going to feel good about it, and and your relationship is just going to be overall better off relationship with God. So we, what we have here from from these three. Um, you know, these three reconciliations of this problem is actually, a, you know, everyone talks about this, and we have the Maharal, the Maharal um, of, of, of Prague. He's a 16th century um, philosopher, Jewish philosopher and rabbi. So he says very similar to what Bonham was saying. And Rabchaim Velazhener, right, 19th century, founder of the modern day yeshiva movement, and student of the Gon of Vilna, of the of, of, of the Vilna Gon, he says, uh, "What shall I see that? We're sitting here, we're studying, we're asking questions, and boom, we get the answers that were you know said uh, by great Jewish leaders hundreds of years ago." It's amazing. So um, what I what? There's our reward. There you go, huh? I'm sitting here just listening. I'm like, wow, good stuff. And there's even more, by the way. So um, the Maharal says, like, well, a little bit, a little bit different than what Bonham was saying. Which, um, what Bonham was, um, what he says is that yes, in ideal world, people should be um, should recognize that there's value in doing good, and without getting anything, anything from it, without getting any reciprocation from it, there, that alone is is valuable. But that's an ideal world. Unfortunately, people most people aren't there yet. Most people, um, like from the beginning of our lives, we're much more self-centered. And we focus on ourselves. And I've said this a thousand times, I'll say it again, there's some new people here. A small child rarely wakes up to tend to her crying mother. Uh, it's usually the opposite. I always have to repeat this line twice. Have you heard this when you said this before? Yes, I've said it, right? A million times? And I always repeat it because I, I, I think it's so funny. I think it's so funny. I don't get any laughs. A, oh, thank you. A small child. A small child rarely gets up to tend to her crying mother. That's not. That's not funny. 
It's too obvious to be funny. Oh, it's not okay. Yes. It's obvious and also a reminder of what's to come. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, my God. Two in an evening. So, yes, unfortunately, most people are not at the point where they're willing to say, oh, I'm not doing anything for myself. All they're focused on the greater good and helping humanity and listening to God because that's what's right. Most people aren't there yet. So, for those people, it's fine to say, yes, it's going to be good for you. Have prosperity and have a long life and everything will be fine as, you know, in the merit of doing, of doing what's right. So, that's the kind of way to, I think, to finagle out of the problem. I think, yes, ideally, it's better to do something altruistically. Most people aren't there yet. They, they, you know, for them, it's important to look at the at the reward, you know, inherent in, in the doing good. And uh, Rapain Velazhner, right? He in, in in commentary called Ruach Haim, or the Spirit of Life, on this Mishnah, he says that what do you mean? God does everything for you. Imagine you have a parent like who who gives you encouragement and and and, and you know pays for your education and food and board and everything. It's, you know, to reciprocate, that's obviously what's supposed to happen. That's, that's you know, that's the ideal. Anyhow, and we have the uh, answer of Rashi. Rashi, uh, famous commentary, 11, 1040 to 1105 in France. Uh, Rashi says... That uh, there's a difference, and this is this brings to the point that Bronwyn brought up at the beginning. There's a difference between expecting uh, reward in this world and expecting uh, reward in the afterworld. And we believe, like like I told you, Dana, we believe is that uh, when we're doing good, we're investing in 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 the afterlife. We, we believe that we have a soul. The soul is eternal. There's no way to destroy a soul. And, uh, and 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 our job over here, uh, as you know, as as humans with a body and a soul, is to do good things, and those good things accrue to to us, and we can get the reward in the world to come. All of the indications that we have from classical Jewish texts, texts, sorry, texts, <laughs> uh, that indicate that. It's okay and proper to focus on on the reward. What what reward are we talking about? We're talking about reward, the ultimate reward, the reward in the world to come. That's okay. That's encouraged. That's embraced. That's fine. Honor your parents so that you'll you'll have a long life. In what life are we talking about? In the afterlife. But uh, when Antignus tells you that you should not focus on trying to get reward, what reward is he talking about? Reward on planet Earth, right? You know, reward uh, in, uh, in, you know, in material, physical, uh, the material, physical realm. That is not okay. That's, in fact, that's, that's disencouraged. And that's why Rashi tries to find a way to harmonize uh, these seemingly conflicting, conflicting, uh, Set, uh, statements uh, uh, in the classical texts. Texts. My uh, speech impediment. Texts. I think these all mean your days would be lengthened in this world. Well, well that's what you would think, right? Like um, you, the way the Hebrew is, it could have been. Well, reminder of the afterworld. 
that's that's that would be a problem with his. Well, it's a little bit it's a little bit not so clear, and and it's, and it, you know that's that's more invented by the by the following by the next one. This world. What about uh, and this land, the, the land or the rain? So that physical. Physical. sounds very physical. Correct. And um, and yeah, so that that would be a problem, or, or at least it's not it's not so beautiful. It doesn't really fit in that well with it with it with with that particular source. So yes, that's a good point. I was going to bring that up because. But what I wanted to share with you is the epiphany that I had. And um, I, I feel like it's um, it's something which is which is sanctioned by Jewish philosophy, even if it's not it was hard to find sources that actually spell it out. And that is as follows. What I believe is uh, I'm with everyone here. I don't believe that we're 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 here uh, to do to do uh, to be altruistic. And I think that sometimes uh, when people people lose out on trying to maximize their life here, we're only here for what 60, 70 years, a nanosecond in the worlds of uh, of, of uh, uh, what's the name again? Bra, 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 bra? Yeah. just Bron. Bronwyn, it's just, yeah. Bronwyn. Bronwyn, victory. We're here for a nanosecond, and it's incumbent upon us in our 60, 70, 80, 100 years to maximize life. And our ultimate responsibility is to ourselves and to making ourselves, uh, you, know, the, you know, the greatest human on, on, on earth and to perfect ourselves and our character and our family and build our community and, and save humanity. And unfortunately, some people... Uh, they they neglect that and don't actually maximize their, and that and that and that's really unfortunate and I, and I think that yes you're supposed to focus on yourself and because that, that's who ultimately you're the most responsible for and that's the tool that you're going to use to save humanity so yes I don't agree that we're here to be altruistic I don't agree that uh, that uh, the only the only uh, thing that you know the only thing that you're trying to trying to do is, is you know is, you know for the greater good you're here for yourself. That's your ultimate responsibility. And when you stand in judgment in the day of reckoning, who's there with you? Nobody. You're all alone. Because ultimately, your responsibility is to yourself. That being said, that being said, what I think is being discussed in this Mishnah on Antignus is not the idea of reward versus doing something altruistically. And you take a look at Maimonides, the Rambam, the famed philosopher, halachist, and rabbi, and uh, a physician as well, um, who lived uh, 1135 to 1204 uh, in Spain and later on in Egypt, as we all know. Um, what he says is that the Mishnah says prize, the term pras, that's the Hebrew, uh, that's the Hebrew text. The word prat which can mean reward, but really means prize. And he points out that the word prize is not necessarily uh, not necessarily commensurate to uh, the word re- reward or salary. What I mean by this is that prize, the prize that you get is not necessarily commensurate to what the effort you put in. It could be something, you win a prize, you win a lottery, the lottery's a prize. You, 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 you know, they picked out your... Your ticket—that's a prize. It's not necessarily, 
a direct result of what you did. I think there's a major misconception of what it means getting reward for for activity. When you, we perceive is that you do something good, you get a coupon, or you get a credit, or you get a dollar, something which is totally separate, totally not, not essential to what you did. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but I'm going to try to explain. I think there's a difference between external benefit and internal benefit. What I want to say is that when you do something good, you're creating a spiritual entity. You're creating some spiritual value with, with your action. And that itself is the reward. It's essential to what you did that was good is the reward. And what the Mishnah is telling us, do not expect to get a prize. Do not expect to get some, oh, you did something good? Here's a coupon. Here's something which is external, something unrelated to what you did. What we're doing good, we're building spiritual entities that can be cashed out elsewhere. Can be cashed out elsewhere. Uh, we don't perceive the value of our spiritual activity. But when we do something good, what we're doing is creating a spiritual entity that we could cash out in the world to come. And that's that's not a prize. A prize is something which is not relevant to the actual activity that got you that prize. It's much more internal. It's much more essential to the action. When you do an action, what you're doing is creating something that you're gonna that, that you that you that, that will have value in, in in the spiritual world. And I think that's what that's what uh, Antichrist is telling us here. He's not telling us don't do something to try to get something from it. Do it for no reason. He's saying very specifically, don't do something to get a prize. You don't want prizes. What we want is something, we want exactly what we put into it. We want, we want exactly the, the, uh, I said, you know, the entity, which I think of, of, of a good way to explain it. Have I explained this sufficiently well? Would I understand what I, what I, what I mean by this? I did? The action itself is the reward. Well, well no, because it's not, it's not like the action alone that's the reward because as what does that mean? The action's done. As if you received a prize from a game that could be measured by dollars, even if there were no dollars in the transaction, you do not receive a reward that can be compared to any other graduation. I'll give you an example that came up the top of my, top of my head. The, the top, yes, what do you see, Dan? I agree with that. I think it's a very Jewish line of teaching mm-hmm. that, um, that something can be worth doing and important to do, even if it brings, even if, and maybe it's a good thing that it brings us internal satisfaction or there are good sure. things that come with it. Um, I feel like there has to be a way of tying it to a Jewish line of teaching that doesn't tie it to the afterworld. Because like, if, oh, you look yes. at, if you look at Abraham Joshua Heschel or if you look at Mordecai Kaplan, you know, the people who have, who have done the most good in the world and been the most active parts of the social justice movement. It was always with this teaching of, you know, this life is its own reward and doing... Um, 100% you know, I agree with you 100%. Tied to and if you'll take a look at, at the path of the just that I brought here, I specifically agree to that point. And uh, because I specifically agree that we're not just in it 
um, for the afterworld. 100%. Thank you, so, thank you so much, Dan. Um, if you'll take a look, this is actually um, Path of the Just. Masil Sasharim is the most important work in the Musar uh, world. Ma, uh, Ramchal, if you could Google him. Uh, he lived in Italy in the beginning of the 18th century. 1707 to 1746 were his dates. And he wrote this book called Mesilat Sharim or Path of the Just. And at the beginning, he says... And I'll read this, even though it's really boring to listen to people read, and I know that's why I don't ever do sources, or almost ever do sources. Uh, I just need, need to get a more melodious voice. That would help. But what he writes here is, um, he, he, he's addressing our very point. Why are we doing good? What's the point? Uh, and, and, and I'll tell you, I'll, I'll demonstrate why he's agreeing to what you said, and why I agree. Uh, what our sages taught us is that man was created to have the ultimate pleasure of experiencing God and to bask in the zenith of his glory. For this is the true pleasure and the greatest delight of all delights that can possibly be found. In truth, the place for this pleasure is really in the world to come that was created specifically for that. But the way to reach this target destination of ours is this world. And the means that facilitate a man to reach this goal are the mitzvot that God com- uh, commanded us, and the place where we do where we can do the mitzvot is only in this world. Now, if you take a look, at, if you take a critical look at his words, uh, you'll, you'll you'll notice that there is a glaring omission. Uh, what our sages taught us. So the, tages, so the reason why we're created. Why are humans on our? Why are he, why were humans placed on this earth according to classical Jewish philosophy, as demonstrated by the by the Ramchal, is to have this ultimate pleasure of basking in the zenith of God's glory. And he, 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 uh, he writes here that this is the true pleasure and the greatest delight of all delights, which in Hebrew says, true pleasure. So he gives two values. There is ta'anug and idun, which I translated as pleasure and delight. Okay. So there's two things. Basking in God's glory gives you pleasure and it gives you delight and the true pleasure and the, and the ultimate delight. Okay? Now, fast forward to the next sentence. In truth, the place for this pleasure, makom ha'idun, is in the world to come. So pray tell, where is the place of this greatest delight of all delights? A glaring omission. You, you created two values. You created something called Eidun and, and something called Ta'anu, which I translated as pleasure and delight. Where, and you told us, oh, the place to have this pleasure is in the world to come. But wait a minute. Where is the place to have that delight? So in, in my grandfather's book, there's on the shelf here, big blue one on top, on page uh, 567, 567, so what he what he what he says is that what, what he well, he was a great philosopher and rabbi, but he says is that this delight that Ramchal talks about is is not in the world to come, it's in this world, and that's because spiritual entities that are created via good activities they give you a good feeling right here right now, and you don't have to wait till you're dead to experience uh, to, to experience the good feeling of of, of doing good. And there is an innate pleasure of, of doing good, and that's and, and, and you know and, and that's because there's a spiritual entity in doing good. 
You know, what would you rather have? Would you rather have the million dollars or saving a human life? Well, you rather. Well, it depends. Is anyone watching? And if someone were to answer that question by saying, "Is anyone watching?" Then they have yet to reach maturity in pleasure because saving someone's life is a pleasure that cannot be recreated with any amount of money in the world. It's something which is in a totally different sphere, totally different level of a different class of pleasure. And that's because inherent in doing something good, even over here, is that good feeling, which, is, which cannot be recreated with lower level pleasures. So I agree with you 1,000%. But I think that's also essential to the, to, to the activity. It's not like it's not like oh you save someone's life here's a coupon it's something external it's that feeling of actually doing something good doing something really good and even if it means forfeiting something even if it means it doesn't matter why because there's such a great pleasure maybe we can even call it a delight that you get from doing good even on planet Earth one hundred percent and you know what are we supposed to fo- focus on that? Absolutely. What we're not supposed to focus on, what, 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 we're, what, what, what we're trained to shun is prizes. We don't want prizes. We don't want people to say, oh, uh, look at him. Look at Dan. He does such good things. And that's, uh, you know, and he's so, he's so kind and benevolent and generous. You don't want to have that kind of honor. Because that's, that's an honor which is, which is separate, which is external to the actual activity. It's a good feeling to have honor. Not that I've ever had any, from what I've been told. Uh, it's a good feeling, but that's not that's that that's not a direct result. That's not part and parcel of of, of that's a prize. That's something which is external. That's something that uh, you should not be a servant serving his master to get a prize. What you should focus on is 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 the, the pleasure of doing something good. Uh, is essentially it's an essentially good feeling. It's like saving a life. It feels better to save a life than to have a, have a million dollars or a billion dollars, right? But, you know, it's, it, it, any amount of money in the world. So not, somebody, let's say you save a life and then somebody gives you a million dollars because you, because you saved that life. Are you then mm-hmm. supposed to take that million dollars? And, That's a hypothetical. Yeah. I say always take the money. <laughs> you, don't leave, you don't leave the kind of money on the table. Or do No, just 10%. <laughs> no, no, so... I don't know if that would dampen that feeling. Maybe, maybe yes. Maybe according to Atinos, yes. Yeah, you, you don't want that to be your reward. You don't want the front page publicity. Oh, Shalom saved a life. It's much better. Even if you, I'm sure all of us over here have had an experience where we did something good and we didn't tell anyone, and no one knew about it, and it was it's just our secret. We didn't share it with anyone, and it feels really good, even if no one knows about it. Why? Because you create a spiritual entity. You create a spiritual entity that you know that gives a good feeling, you know, even in this world. And like we said, it's something that that, that you consume, so to speak, uh, in, uh, in in the next world. I wrote here on the bottom. Um, interesting uh, appendage to to this idea, and that is the Talmud in, in Marco says something fascinating. How many commandments are there in the Torah? Anybody knows? 
Some of them are positive and some of them are negative. Positive are like honor your parents and negative are do not, thou shalt not steal or murder. Correct? Okay. Some are positive and some are negative. How many of them are positive and how many of them are negative? Right. 365 negative and 248 positive. Who here knows all the positive mitzvot by heart? Nobody. Nobody. Okay. <laughs> Good. So the Talmud here says, why are there, why are there 365 uh, negative commandments and 248 positive commandments? Uh, the 365 negative commandments in the Torah correlates to the days in the solar year, and the 248 positive mitzvot correlates to the number of limbs in a person's body. So there's 248 distinct limbs, uh, which, are, which, are, which are enumerated in, in, in other places in the, in the Talmud. And each one of those limbs corresponds to a certain mitzvah. So the deeper idea behind this is that when we do a mitzvah, what we're doing is, is perfecting the limb. It's, it's like the spiritual limb that corresponds to the physical limb. And who are we as a spiritual entity? We are that body that we created with our positive, with, with, with our actions, that are positive actions that, that, that are mitzvot. It means you look at me, you see the physical me. You look at me, the spiritual me, that is what I created when I did my 248 mitzvot. So that's the, that's the appendage to this idea. And I, I want to say another thing that just popped into my head. Um, and that is, we have, uh, there's a foible or a legend that, that a... Uh, fable. fable. Isn't, isn't, isn't there a word foible? Effort. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And legend, what does that mean? <laughs> There's a well. Thank you. I really meant to say fable, but thank you to maneuver out of it. That a pomegranate has six hundred and thirteen seeds. Has anyone heard that? Yeah. Now it doesn't actually have it. Uh, it doesn't actually have uh, six hundred thirteen. And I don't think it says it anywhere that a pomegranate has six hundred and thirteen. Doesn't say it anywhere. It just has a lot of seeds. It just has lots of seeds. It's full of seeds. Now, um, the Talmud in, in Brachos, I think it's 19a, uh, or 17a, 17a, says that the wicked people in Israel, the people who aren't focused on growth and spirituality and character development and personal improvement, the wicked people, they are replete with mitzvos like a pomegranate. The pack of mitzvahs like a pomegranate. Even the wicked ones are packed. So, um, obviously, that, that's problematic. If they're wicked, how come they have so many mitzvot? How come they have so many good, good, good deeds? That's question number one. But a much greater question is, wait a minute, if those are the wicked people, so what have you left? What have you left for the righteous? The people who, you know, who are focused on growth and spirituality and character development and personal improvement. Is that a good question? If all the bad guys are full of mitzvahs like a, like a pomegranate, then what is left for the good guys to improve on that? So the answer is, is that, yes, in quantity, it's possible that everyone does the same activity. And everyone does, you know, and we're all the, we're all the same with regard to the quantity. We're all full of mitzvahs. We're all doing good, good deeds. But what about the quality? What about the dedication? What about the, the effort extended? 
What about the the intentions? Uh, all the other things that go into making an making an action positive. So you have two people that do the same thing, but one of them did it with a proper with a proper attitude and with a proper devotion. And that person, even though they may they may both be full of of mitzvot like a pomegranate, one of them's mitzvot are much more pristine than the other. I.e., someone's spiritual entities that are created they could be more perfect. So that so so so, so this is my this, this is uh, this is the the idea that I came up with today, and I believe it's uh, it's it's true true to sources. And I believe that uh, it may indeed be what Maimonides is saying in the commentary of this Mishnah. But I think it should uh, hopefully broaden our um, uh, view on this particular philosophical uh, discussion. If someone were to ask you, um, what does Judaism say about uh, altruism? What are you going to say to them? You'll say, well, we have many sources that say that you should do good things and expect good things as a, you know, as, as a result. And we have, what, four verses in the Torah? At least four verses in the Torah. We have the, we have the Talmud that says you should give stuff, you should give charity uh, in order to have your child have, you know, in the merit of that, it, you should, you, you know, you should have a, your, a recovery for your child. And those things are all sanctioned. But when Antigonus comes along and says, be, don't be a servant who serves his master in order to get a prize. Rather, be a servant who says, I'm not doing it on condition to get a prize. Or, like the altern- alternate manuscript, um, if, you, if you take a look at uh, source number three, it's almost identical to source number two. It's just that two words were switched. There's a disagreement as to what's the proper text of this Mishnah. According to one opinion, it says, rather be like servants who serve their master not on condition to receiving a prize. Do without the condition of receiving a prize. According to the next uh, manuscript, it says, rather be like servants who serve their master on condition not to receive the prize. So take the word not and, and on condition and switch them. So one of them is not on condition to receive a prize. One of them is on condition not to receive a prize. Means that the second one, it's even more strict. We don't want it. Yeah. Yeah. Means we don't want something which is not essential to, to the activity. We don't want prizes. We don't want prizes. So one opinion says, yeah, well, prizes are fine, but I'm not doing it for the prize. Going to the second reading, it's like, no, I don't want prizes. I don't want any freebies. What I want is to enjoy, to bask in the light of this spiritual entity that I created. So does this mean only in the world to come? No. Like, like, like you know, uh, and as is hammered home by this Maimonides, we're not just here uh, to be to be martyrs and to be miserable and to have have it all really swell in the world to come. No. We're here to enjoy this life as well and to maximize this life as well. But what we're claiming is that when you do good, there is a good feeling that you can have which supersedes um, the more simple basic pleasures in life. And like you know, like I said, the mature the mature pleasure of saving a life supersedes almost any, uh, anything that money could buy. And uh, another example to this would be is, you know, people don't want to have children or don't want to have so many children, but once they have them, they wouldn't trade them for nothing. And any amount of money in the world, Bruce, you would trade any children for any amount in the world? No, you wouldn't. Why not? Because they're, they're more valuable. It's a greater pleasure. 
and yes, there's, there are greater pleasures that you know that 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 uh, that, uh, that that are more than anything uh, physical or material. But even greater than that are the pleasures of doing good and 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 uh, and having meaning, and 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 and, and the, the feeling of dedicating your life or at least dedicating yourself to doing good is a great feeling that you can even have in this world, and that is something which is wholly encouraged. I thank you all for coming. Appreciate it. I love you all, and I hope you all I hope you all enjoyed. And like I said, this is. Uh, if if the class was a little bit choppy or discussion was a little bit choppy, I blame the, uh, the sheets. Were good. I like the sheets. You like the sheets? Some people are visual. Some people are visual. I know, but then I have to read it and like it's like. But also, some they get so focused on like the words that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Why I read it? I read.